This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is June 29th, 2020. I'm back with Luke Sylvia. Luke, what it do? Oh, man, it's good. And it's it's real good because and it's real weird because we got basketball coming back in about a month and we got people peeing in Joe Ingles' lawn. So people don't care about coronavirus, Luke. They don't. They and, don't want to wear and, their mask. They're peeing on people's lawns. And I'm glad to say this is the first piece of news that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, Joe Ingles tweeted and said to the young skateboarding teenager that peed on our driveway slash garden, just a heads up, but our security cameras see everything in all caps face and every other small detail. Oh, my God. Woo! <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. This is what I want to know. Like, who just whips it out and pees on somebody's front lawn? Like, well, if you're going to do anything, you like you like walk around to like the side of the house and like you whiz he, on the fence. You don't just whip it out like. For the mailman to see it. What if I just can imagine outside? This kid just like kicking up a skateboard and being like, "Yep, I'm a pee here." Yeah, and it's just one Take of those things. That. It's kind of like someone, um, you know, that person that tried to bash J.R. Smith's car. It's like you, wrong place, wrong time, wrong person. You you don't want to try to smash an NBA player's car, and you don't want to pee on an NBA player's uh, lawn when he's got security cameras that are probably high definition. You know what I'm saying? J.R. Smith thing was like just really bad luck. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. this kid just you deserve everything that's coming to you. Oh You're yeah, just whizzing on people's front lawns and whatnot. I don't condone. I think the J.R. situation. Someone was trying to. Um, you know, it was during like a lot of the riots and everything. Someone was trying to smash his car. Obviously, I don't condone that either. But you just—they both had it coming for him. It's 2020. Like, why are we <laughs> peeing on people's lawns? <laughs> yeah, it's just take a quick take a quick break from skateboarding. You know. So, so something else that's kind of weird, Luke. This is going to be one of the first episodes of the podcast that you've been on that we're going to actually like talk basketball, like analyze what we think is going to happen. We yeah, you I, you know, I didn't right think that this. this is how the podcast stuff was going to start. The fact that um, I talked to an NBA player, Jonathan Isaac, before I talked basketball really on this podcast, like in terms of right. very much magic basketball. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely been a uh, very odd start. Um, I think we're coming on like month three of being me being on the podcast. So. It's been a wild ride already, Jonathan. So I'm I'm ready to finally get to talk basketball. Um, and before we jump into the schedule and all that stuff, um, there's been some cool news that I, I I think I screenshot and sent to you yesterday. That uh, Sham tweeted out that the NBA and the NBPA are planning to allow players to replace the last name on their jersey with statements on social justice. So um, really cool. Um, but also, you know, these players are going to be able to, you know, soccer did this, did a similar thing. I believe it was in the Bundesliga. Um, it could have been the premier league, but I think it was Bundesliga, but they did, you know, back of their jerseys said black lives matter. Um, everyone on the field. So that was cool. I expect that to be the case with a lot of, uh, players jerseys, um, coming this summer. But, uh, and you know, you, then you, you had some funny memes, Jonathan, that, that came out of this whole thing. I, I believe I also sent you that. 
um, pertaining to our good friend J.R. Smith. That we J.R. Smith just coming up a lot tonight, right? But uh, and we're only like five minutes in. But J.R. Smith, <laughs> uh, it said J.R. Smith when it's the the meme of him looking really confused. As we all know, J.R. Smith got the score wrong, didn't know what it was uh, in the playoffs uh, with LeBron and Cleveland. It says, Le- you know, J.R. Smith looking really confused when it's the box score says LeBron James had zero points, but Black Lives Matter had ze- had 45. Right. So, I, you know, I love the memes. I think I think J.R. Smith is a living meme and someone we might get to see play again and, at Disney. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, – it'll be really cool to see, you know, J.R. Smith is, you know, one of those – names um i don't is, is it official with the lakers i know that there had been talks of that uh everyone you know the memes him Just and front Dion runner, waiters yeah. you know being on the the same team and everything like that so it'll be really interesting to see i definitely like the idea of you know allowing the players to you know promote their messages you know via the the names um you know on the back of the jerseys but i definitely think that's just going to be a small part of you know um you know them trying to progress that movement at you know the bubble in orlando so It'll be really cool to see, man. I'm excited. Um, you know, since the last time that we've talked to everybody, the the schedules have been released. The NBA and the NBA Players Association have officially come to an agreement uh, to return. So we are back. We are officially, officially, officially back at this point. The season is returning um, Thursday, July 30th, uh, 6.30 p.m. on TNT. It's going to be the Jazz versus the New Orleans Hornets. So, we're, we're weird. only a month and two days away, Jonathan. I, dude, I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. Just as we were prepping for the podcast and, you know, as I was doing a little bit of research, bef- you know, before the show, just like thinking like, man, we're actually prepping to start talking about basketball. It's just like a weird feeling. You know, I before you came on the show, this is what I would do every single Sunday. I'd wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. go to church, come home, turn, you know, football on. Um, and then I would just sit here and go over, you know, every detail from the last week of games for the Orlando Magic and kind of put together, you know, what I was going to talk about on the show. And it felt good to be able to do that again, man. All the stuff did, that's been going on the last does this, few months. Does this fall into the category of you never know what you got till it's gone? I mean, not necessarily because I've always loved doing this. You know what I mean? Um, I definitely think maybe I took it a little bit for granted. But um, no, I, I I've always had fun, you know, doing this and well, and well, prepping, not but. not necessarily the prepping. I just meant basketball, like oh, pure God, from a fan yeah. aspect. This has been the most like I don't eye opening thing of how just like sports unites people, uh, sports distracts people, and really actually can lift stress off of people. That that you know, if they're if they if they have a bad day at work, it doesn't matter as long as their team is playing that night. Oh yeah, yeah. If I, I have a crappy day at work, I come down, you know, come into the to the living room, turn the game on, and as soon as I hear David Steele's voice, it was just like that was all gone, and now I'm just focused on Magic Basketball. Locked in, yeah. which is is awesome. And Jonathan, we they released the schedule. So, what what game are you most looking forward to? I know I posed that uh, through our Twitter page, um, and got a lot of Toronto Raptors. Uh, myself included, but but is there a game on the schedule that you're more hyped than others for? I I'm I'm a sucker for the cliche, man. I'm just gonna be happy to be back. Um, Brooklyn, that first game, July 31st. Obviously, the playoff implications of that are huge. We're gonna start right off with a bang with our destiny in our own hands. If we beat Brooklyn that game, then we're in the seventh seed. That's where we want to be. That's what we've talked about. Um, but it's mostly just because 
it's going to be the the first Magic basketball game that we've had in you know more than four months. So um, Brooklyn is, is definitely going to be um, really excited. I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited about every single one of these games. I mm-hmm. think the the cool thing about this, um, but it's also a little bit scary, is that every team that is going to be in Orlando is vying for a playoff spot. Um, you could throw, you know, a few names out there that really aren't. When we talk about Phoenix, we talk about Washington, mm-hmm. but all the teams on the Magic schedule, they all feel like they have a legitimate shot. We're talking about Brooklyn, Sacramento, you know, um, New Orleans, a few of the teams out west. We'll talk more about the Eastern Conference teams, um, you know, in a moment. But uh, yeah, man, I'm really, I'm just really excited to have basketball back. Every single one of these games, um, I feel like the Magic do have a chance to win. Um, they're all super important, but they're all against quality opponents with, you know, big names. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of teams with a really bad record during these eight games because those eight teams that aren't there, the ones that you typically get to beat up on all year, aren't going to be there. There's no cushion games. It's all just teams trying to make the playoffs. I think we're going to see playoff intensity come very early uh, on in these this eight-game regular season resumption of the league. Right. I think you're going to see it from game one. You've got guys that, that haven't gotten to play on an NBA um, atmosphere-type court um, in, in three months. Right. So that atmosphere um, is going to be insane. Obviously, there's going to be no fans. But the crazy thing is, even without fans – I, I still think the atmosphere will be very intense. I think it'll be uh, handshakes at the beginning of the game and then head down, let's make the playoffs. Oh, facts. You know, like Russell Westbrook has said, you know, when we step in between those lines, you're an enemy. I think yeah. Kobe Bryant said that a few times. And I definitely think all these games are going to be playoff intensity. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't think that from these eight regular season games to the first round of the quote-unquote playoffs, we're going to see that much of an uptick. Maybe once we get into like the the semifinals and right. know, the the finals, obviously. But yeah, man, it's it's gonna be really cool. So uh, really quickly, um, if anybody is just now coming to the show, if you haven't been listening for the past few months, um, if a lot of this is news to you, if you didn't even know the NBA was coming back, um, this is essentially how it's gonna work. So each team, um, so there's been nine Eastern Conference. Uh, teams that have been uh, invited to Orlando. So Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Orlando, the eight teams that were set to be in playoff position, but then also uh, the Washington Wizards. Uh, and then same thing with uh, with the Western Conference teams. I think it's with the addition of the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, and the Suns, if Kings. I'm not mistaken. The Kings, excuse yep. me. Um, so yeah, so, um, basically what's going to happen is each team is going to have eight regular season games. Uh, obviously you can only play against teams that are inside of the bubble, but at the end of those eight games, if the ninth seed is four games or less, uh, behind of the eighth seed, then those two, uh, two, uh, teams will play in essentially like kind of a play in tournament, if you will. Uh, if the ninth seed wins the first game, they play a second game. If the ninth seed wins both of those games, the ninth seed becomes the eighth seed. The eighth seed goes home. That yep. first game, if the ninth seed wins, they play the second game. The eighth seed wins, it's over. The eighth seed wins the first game, it's also over. So basically when it comes to the Orlando Magic, um, the two teams we're really going to be focusing on today uh, outside of the Magic are, are going to be Brooklyn, who the Magic right now sit half game behind in the Eastern Conference, and then Washington, who is five and a half games behind the Orlando Magic for that eighth spot. 
Yeah, there's a lot to look at here, Jonathan. I think this was obviously the next thing we were looking at was what are these regular season games going to look like? Who are we going to play? Um, and I think this was what ended up happening was kind of what everybody thought and what the rumor was, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that, you know, the next eight games would just be against the opponents that are at Disney um, you know, as they would appear on your regular season schedule. So um, it eliminated, like I said, those really bad teams. Um, but Jonathan, I think the, the biggest, uh, you know, the, the most exciting thing here is that we can finally make predictions about the season's resumption. We can place a W or an L next to the, every game on the schedule. And, you know, I've got to say, Jonathan, I think out of the Nets, Magic, and Wizards, the Magic got the best schedule. And by best, I mean not as many tough opponents. You don't see the Bucks, You don't see the Clippers. You don't see the Lakers. Um, so it is pretty good news for the Magic. Well, the Magic, you know, out of, you know, basically every team in the NBA outside of maybe New Orleans, I believe, had the easiest schedule, had the regular season played mm -hmm. out the way that it was supposed to. So that's, you know, that's pretty fitting, right? So. Right. Uh, but basically what Luke and I wanted to do is we're going to take a look at Washington's schedule. We're going to take a look at Brooklyn's schedule, at Orlando's schedule, of course. See how we you know, see that playing out. Um, does Washington have a realistic chance at, at making the playoffs? Luke will be able to answer that for us uh, in just a moment, actually. He's already kind of shared his <laughs> thoughts with me. So uh, we'll discuss that. Uh, then we'll look at Brooklyn's schedule, who obviously is Orlando's. Um, you know, it's the team that they're chasing. Like I mentioned a moment ago, if that first game, July 31st, if the Magic win that game, they're already the seventh seed. So that's how close uh, that playoff race is going to be. And then obviously we'll take a look at, at, look at the Magic and, and see how uh, we think all that's going to shake out. So let's start there, Luke. Uh, let, let's talk about Washington. Let's talk about Washington's schedule. And uh, what, what do you uh, predict uh, them going over those eight games? You know, you were talking about it with me and you're trying to guess. You said at best you'd think the Wizards are going to win two games, like two and six, to which I chuckled. And you said one and seven. I chuckled again. And you said no way. Oh, and eight. Dude, it is insane. And even by Vegas standards, like they, the betting lines have already been released for the first like three days of games, roughly. Um, some teams don't have lines yet, but I'm sure that'll happen pretty quickly. Um, but all that to say, the Wizards' first game is seemingly their easiest, and they are three-point underdogs. Obviously, um, news came out that Bertons um, will not be there. Um, it'll be the Bradley Beal show, as is usually the case, but Beal has had some games this year that he is thankful that Bertons was on the court with him because he was able to, um, they were able to combine for a high point total and win those games. He's not going to have Bertons to lean on. He, he is not there. He said he is not going. He doesn't think it's safe. Um, there's some beliefs about why he's doing that, um, but it, it is a lot of contractual things, I think, is the reason he's not going. So Trying that to secure being, the bag. Can't be mad at him for that, you know. Right, 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 of course. Uh, their first game against the Suns, three-point dogs. No, I, I'm giving them an L. Um, that's their most winnable game, but I don't think they're winning that. Um, you know, you go down and look at the rest of their schedule. When I say it doesn't get easier, it literally doesn't get easier than playing the worst team in Orlando um, on that on July 31st. It's the Suns, then you have the Nets, the Pacers, the Sixers, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Bucks, and the Celtics. So when you look at that, Jonathan, I don't know about you, but I don't see a win. I'm 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 not saying they're not gonna win a game, 
but I think that they, you know, they could steal one or two games and go one and seven, two and six. But when it comes to what is winnable, the Wizards are not going to see a very winnable game past those Suns and Nets games. And even then, I don't give them much of a shot. So this is where I'm going to counter. So definitely, I would say Phoenix, obviously, is going to be their most winnable game. Um, Washington has a long shot, but I would say that Phoenix has the longest of long shots to it's it's almost like mathematically impossible for the the Phoenix yeah. Suns to make the, the playoffs in this you know these circumstances I'm, and the way this is playing out. I'm fairly certain that they the Phoenix Suns have to go seven and one or eight and zero and hope that other teams near them go zero and eight one and seven. And that is really the only way this is mathematically exactly. Possible. And it's just not it's just not going to happen, right? So no. I would say that Phoenix might probably be the least motivated team out of any team in Orlando to be there. So I could definitely see them just kind of phoning in eight games going, you know, two and six or, or one and seven as well. I haven't had a chance to look at Phoenix's schedule, but that's definitely the most winnable game on, on Washington's schedule. As you go down the list though, then we start talking about Brooklyn, Indiana, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Oklahoma city. Now this is where I think things are going to take a turn. So when we look at these last two games, Milwaukee and Boston, depending on Milwaukee by that time, I can guarantee you they will be resting Giannis, you know, Chris Middleton, um, maybe even Eric Bledsoe. Like I would be shocked if Giannis was playing that game, right? right. They're going to have the one seed locked up. Washington might still have a reason to play. Milwaukee definitely will not. Now, Boston, it's a little trickier because who knows how the playoff race is going to play. They might really need that game. Um, I don't think they'll be so far ahead that they'll be like, okay, we're good with this. They might just be so far behind at that point that they're like, okay, we can't make it up to to be the the second seed or to be the third seed or whatever is going to happen. Jason Tatum was one of those players that was kind of questioning should we do this? I'm coming up on what's going to be a max extension, possibly. Uh, and then you guys have other guys with you know injury history, like Gordon Hayward. So maybe you know uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba, Gordon Hayward could be guys that we see sit, sit out of this thing. You know, uh, when we come down the last few games of this regular season, these rosters are going to be extended a little bit to make room for substitutions if a player's injured or, or gets coronavirus because, you know, they're in that bubble. So um, if, if Washington's going to win any games, in my opinion, it's going to have to be that first game against Phoenix, and then they have to pray that Milwaukee or Boston is going to be sitting out. But um, even three games, Luke, uh, I, I'm not going to try to sit here and do the, the math off the top of my head, as we both know. Um, and as you know, we, we learned yesterday, both of our math is absolute garbage. Um, um, not great. Not great. Not great. So, uh, you know, they would need the magic to just completely fall apart, um, you know, winning those three games to even have a chance at that play-in game. Uh, so I just yeah, I, I don't they, see it they, happening. They'd have to do, I think, one game, one game better. Uh, or not one game. They'd have to do like a lot of games better uh, than the Magic to even it's get. It's not going to uh, happen. To sniff it, and it's it's not going to happen. It would like it's kind of like Phoenix's scenario where Phoenix needs teams above them to go one and seven, zero oh and eight. Uh, Wizards being five and a half games back, they need that. They need the Magic to do really poorly. Granted, um, it, whether it's the Nets or the Magic, you know, if they're four games or better from being back back from those, you know, the eight and seven spot or the eight spot, then they can get that. Uh, kind of tiebreaker type series, but it's gonna it, it would take a lot of mediocrity 
um, and and below being below average from the Magic or the Nets um, for the Wizards to even be four games back. I I think at this point the the Wizards will end up being about um, eight games back from the eight spot after this is all said and done. So you're going with zero and eight. I'm going with zero and eight. Yeah, final, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say they find a way to go one and seven. Either yeah. whether it be Phoenix, Milwaukee, or Boston. Uh, hey, even yeah. Milwaukee and Boston running with a skeleton crew on most nights is still going to be better than the Wizards team that you know they're going to be putting on the floor. So, yeah, not not outlandish to think that they could win win a couple, steal a couple games, um, right. even after losing to Phoenix maybe first game. But yeah, I mean, it, the Wizards have it cut, have their work cut out for for them, and I'm sure that there's some games they can look back during the regular season and and say, man, we we should have had that one. All right, so let's let's pivot. Let's take a look at, at Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, when the, the season was suspended, they were 30, 30 wins, 34 losses. Uh, when you compare that to the Magic's uh, 30 games, 35 losses. So uh, the Magic have played one more game, and they have one more loss than the Brooklyn Nets. So that's where you get that half game back. Uh, so now we're going to take a look at Brooklyn's schedule. Luke, you want to break that down for us? Yeah, man. So it starts in Orlando. So this will give you a glimpse into kind of where my head's at. I mean, it all starts in Orlando, am I right? Well, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. The jokes start. I'm they start. Saying. Yep, yep, yep. But they play the Magic first. So obviously that means Magic play the Nets first, July 31st. Um, it'll be a, a highly anticipated game for both teams being um, what the standings are. It is the Magic's chance to hop to the seven seed and hopefully never look back. So looking at that game... Um, I just think that the Magic are um, the better team, specifically because the Nets don't have Kyrie and KD. Um, obviously, that's a whole different story if they are both healthy. But obviously, but you know, with Kyrie being out, who knows if Kyrie's going to even travel there at this point? Um, I'm interested to see what he decides to do um, since he was going to, and then he kind of um, backtracked there. Regardless, I have the Magic um, winning that game. Thus, the, the Nets will. I uh, have them losing that game. So. The Nets starting the season 0-1, right? And then you look at their schedule. They've got Wizards, Bucks, Celtics, Kings, Clippers, Magic again, and Blazers. Um, I've got the Nets going 2-6. and six. Um, I've got them you know, losing to us, beating the Wizards, losing to the Bucks, losing to the Celtics, beating the Kings, losing the Clippers. I've got them losing to Orlando again and losing to the Blazers to end uh, that eight-game regular season. So I've got them going with a, a projected record of two and six, which would put them at thirty-two and forty. Yeah, um, I, I definitely, I, I think my feelings are are right in line with yours. I guess just for uh, the sake of debate, you know, at at this point, um, you know, we could argue that Portland might be another team uh, at the end of this that, um, you know, is just looking to kind of mail it in, not get anybody hurt. If they're too far back, I could see them sitting Dame, sitting C.J. McCollum. Um, which might make that a more winnable game for the Brooklyn Nets. When you look at the L.A. Clippers, same thing. You know, right now they're in the second seed. Um, I don't know exactly how far back they are of the, the, the Lakers, if you want to take a moment to look that up. But let's say they're, you know, with three who games to go. Who, who are you asking about? How far back the Clippers are of the Lakers. Let's say, you know, three games to go. Let's say they're four games back. They might just you know, decide to, you know, rest Kawhi and, and Paul George. And, you know, maybe at that point, Brooklyn's able to steal another game there. So the, um, the clip, the Clippers have their work cut out for them. If they want the one seed in the West, they are five and a half back from the Lakers. Yeah. So that just kind of feeds into what I'm saying. And at that point, you know, the, the Clippers are probably better served 
injury-prone guys, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you know, they're at that point they might just be better served to right. kind of mail it in. And um, but but again, skeleton here, crew of the Clippers is probably still better to beat the Nets. And and here's the thing: um, though the Clippers will be probably out of reach of that one spot going into this, which makes the storylines even more exciting, is that you know everything else in the West is pretty tightly contested. The two and three seed, the the Clippers and the Nuggets, there is a one and a half game difference between them. So near the end of the year, okay. or at the end of those regular season games, you could see the Clippers go, still putting everybody out on the court um, because you know they they would rather Trying play to keep the second seed. Yeah, they would rather play the Mavs than than the Rockets, and obviously both of those games, both of those teams are going to be unreal matchups regardless. Um, so, so that, that'll be interesting, but yeah, you do have those games where you can kind of look and, and kind of, uh, assume where those teams will be at, what the race will look like. Um, and, and Jonathan, we've kind of planned for a, a couple weeks down the road, uh, getting into the Western conference and, and mapping out those games and doing a deep dive into that after, you know, next week, probably going into the, the upper tier of the Eastern conference regular season games. So yeah, um, you went you went two and six. I think I think I'll go three and five. I think uh, they'll they'll lose you know that first game against Orlando, win the second game against Washington, uh, definitely losses against Milwaukee, Boston, um, pick the win up against Sacramento, lose to the Clippers and Orlando, and then maybe they'll beat Portland um, right. that last game. I just don't think Portland is is going to be able to to make up a, enough ground, but they might be playing for that playing game. So so who really yeah, knows? And, but and the the thing is, people are probably going to hear this and be like, "Oh, Luke and Jonathan predicting such terrible records for the Wizards and Nets. Like they're they're being a little bit of homers." Here's something you guys should know about me because we haven't gotten to talk much Magic basketball or any basketball really uh, over these past three months. Um, besides reflecting on the past. I'm quite the the pessimist uh, no. when, it, when it when it comes to Not you when when it comes to the magic and the NBA and obviously I, I I'd like to say I'm a realist but that's really just uh, a pessimist um, that's all that is <laughs> but um, usually I I err on the side of hey let's not get our hopes up these are the records and and you know it and normally I would probably predict better games but like we've touched on multiple times already. They they're not going to be very bad teams in in these in these games, and the Magic just happened to have the easier regular season schedule, and that's because um, we had such a, a, a tough gauntlet um, before this. So it kind of pays off for the Magic here, and and it's hopefully going to pay huge dividends and end with the Magic getting the seven seed. So yeah, I I, I think that would put the Nets um, at thirty two and forty. Um, and then the Wizards 24 and 48 with how far we've gotten right now before going into the Orlando uh, schedule. Well, as a lot of our listeners already know, I'm kind of the opposite of that. I'm the I'm the optimist. I think everything's going to go well. I get all my hopes up, and then when things go bad, I, I get crushed by the magic every <laughs> single time. As the old cliche goes, I hope the magic are at my funeral so they can lower you know lower me into the grave right. and let me down one last time, <laughs> as, as as the saying goes. So, but Luke, it has been. Three months, a little bit more than that, I think, since you've been on the podcast. Yeah. The moment that everyone has been waiting for. Let's talk some Orlando Magic basketball. Man, uh, it's all led to this moment, and I am probably more excited than everybody else uh, to finally talk about it. So I'm ready to get into it, Jonathan. Um, you know, you look at this schedule, like I said, it's just easier. That's, that's what it boils down to, and that fits and bodes well for the Magic. Um, you start the year off with the Nets. Like I said, I'm kind of as a W. Um, 
Vegas odds for, uh, before, came before out. Before we do this, give give me your give me just your flat record prediction. I'll give you yeah, mine. Yeah. Let, let's say well, let's do and this. We'll we'll, do, we'll say it on three, okay. and then and then we can break it down. All right, one, All right. two, three, four, and four, four and four. Perfect, perfect. Great. I'm glad we that. agree. I'm glad we agree as well. I think yeah. it, it fits both sides. We're going to lose some. We're going to win some. Some mm-hmm. pessimism. There's some optimism there. So yeah. break it down for us. Yeah, uh, of course the optimistic side comes from the schedule just being easy. Right. Uh, pessimi- pessimistic side being you still got some tough opponents. Um, you've got the Nets. Which, like I've touched on already, the, the odds have come out. The Magic will be a one-point favorite as of as of now. Um, on Sunday, uh, June 28th, the Magic are one-point favorites in that first game back against the Nets. So I'm counting as a W, as I already shared with you when we went over the Nets schedule. You've got then the Kings, Pacers, Raptors, Sixers on TNT, Boston, Nets, and Pelicans. So uh, for me, Jonathan, I've got a win against the Kings um, a loss against the Pacers, a uh, loss against the Raptors, loss against the Sixers. So I expect a little skid here and then a loss against Boston. So you you start the regular season with or the resumption of the regular season with two wins. You have a four-game skid, two more wins. And that's kind of, you know, start strong, finish strong, a little rocky in the middle. So That's, ex- it, it, that's yeah. exactly what I – that like. I mean, I don't know how much there is for us to talk about this here because that's exactly my thoughts. You beat yeah. Brooklyn, you beat Sacramento. It gets rough. Indiana, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston. But then we've seen this team when they need to win games in the past, they they can win games. So you beat Brooklyn, and then you that final game of the regular season, you beat the Pelicans, and you and, know you make the playoffs and all that good and, stuff. And and listen, I I think the thing to note is just the projected record by you and me being four and four. I don't want people to look into necessarily the wins and losses that we've got. It's mainly just to show you guys how you know easy or hard team schedules are by kind of putting a, a win or a loss next to those team names. Um, because if, if it could go totally different, Jonathan. They, like you said, the, the, the Magic are just kind of unpredictable and will kind of just do whatever and step up to the moment, play down to competition. We've seen that who knows how many times um, as Magic fans. So who knows? Maybe it starts with, with a loss to the Nets. Um, maybe you lose to the Kings, and then you beat the the Pacers, Raptors. Maybe you lose the Sixers, Boston, and you beat the Nets and the Pelicans. So there's there's a lot of different ways to, to get a lot of a lot of uh, different records here, Jonathan. So I think that it'll it'll be a fun uh, eight games for us. It'll probably be filled with really high highs, being if we do win those first two games, which would put us against uh, above the Nets even more so. Um, and then and then you've got some low lows if you do have that four game skid smack in the middle. You lose on national national uh, television. So uh, there's a lot of ways this could go. Yeah, man, I'm just honestly like we could sit here and talk about the games and, and everything like that. But the reality is, you know, we haven't seen this team play in, in three months. We haven't seen any of these teams play in three months. I think that's kind of a factor that uh, we really haven't talked about is the fact that this is just going to be like the weirdest of like weird circumstances as you could possibly dream of. Like I remember uh, the night of the, the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder game, watching the game on my laptop in bed with my wife. And I'm like, like, what is going on here? She kind of rolls over and it's like, what are you talking about? And I explain to her what's going on. And we just look at each other. We're like, they're, they're not going to cancel the, the NBA. That would, be, that would be insane. Sure enough, that night they canceled the NBA. Do you so, remember how, how funny it was to think that like 
the NBA temporarily suspended the league for two weeks, and here we are three oh, months yeah. later. Oh, still yeah. Oh, no yeah. I've basketball. said that a, a bunch of times. Absolutely. It's just, if only we knew then what we know now. Well, the, like, the craziest thing to me is still, like, you know, the Rudy Gobert thing happens with him, you know, coughing on the microphones and everything like that. And then it's like the, the next day or like the, the, you know, two days later, you get this update from ESPN. Rudy Gobert, you know, is uh, right. like game time decision due to illness. And at that second, all the coronavirus memes start on Twitter, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, like I, it's whatever." Because at that point, I, admittedly, everybody still thought COVID nineteen was a joke, myself included. Um, and you were just like, "All right, you know, it's funny, but like, there's no way that it's coronavirus, right? Like, right. there's no way that it's coronavirus." And then all of this stuff happens, and we're just all looking around, like, "Bro, it's coronavirus!" Yeah. And then the news yeah. officially comes out, and it's like, "What are the odds that?" The one guy that is acting like a fool with the media becomes the first guy with coronavirus in the NBA. It's just insane. But I say all of that just to say we have no idea what's going to happen. Like, there's going to be a team, like we talked about the Suns, you know, starting the season like 10 and 5 or something like that. We're like yeah. second or third in the West. It was crazy, right? We're, I really feel like two months from now, we're going to be sitting here like, man, I, I can't believe Portland went like 8 and 0. Yeah, and I can't you know believe I mean? the Orlando Magic won the NBA Finals. You know? No, I will be able to believe that. <laughs> no, I, I, you guys, you, they will have to lower me into my grave because I would have had a heart attack and died if that happened, yeah. especially this season. <laughs> yeah, it's it, 2020 has just taught me I know nothing. That's it. That's True. that's That's my three words to sum up 2020. I know nothing. So true, uh, and and that's probably what's going to happen after you know the Wizards go eight and zero, the Magic go zero and eight, and you know the Nets go you know seven and one. So I it, that's you know it is no, what it is. Don't We're, even say that. <laughs> We're going to delete that from the podcast so that it's not out in the universe. Listen, at least people think I don't think that's going to happen. You know, that's the right. the opposite. And um, I I mean, if you look at uh, the predicted standings um, after all this is said and done, um, from my perspective. And it wouldn't look too different for you, um, but the Magic being two and a half games up on the Nets, finishing the year thirty-four and thirty-nine, um, and then you've got the Wizards, who you know, God bless them. I, I think that they're going to be eight games back from that eight spot, uh, right. may, maybe maybe seven if they're lucky. Um, so yeah, who knows? And that's with the Nets going two and six. Well, so, I know ne- next week, you know, we said we're going to um, jump into some of the upper echelon Eastern Conference teams and kind of see what we think, you know, see how all that is going to shake out. But right now, you're looking at Milwaukee, who are six and a half games up on Toronto. So if Milwaukee goes two and eight, like if, if Milwaukee wins their first two games, they can all just say, hey, uh, we're just going to forfeit every game for the rest of the season, rest our guys, um, and we'll still be the first seed. So like Milwaukee is the number one seed. That's that's what we're looking at. But um, really, as it pertains to the Magic, uh, hopefully getting that second seven seed, we'll be looking against playing against the second seed. So it's a you know Toronto and Boston. You know Toronto is three games up on Boston. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. A lot of implications. You and I have briefly talked about um, you know which matchup we would prefer on the podcast um, when we had Drew Gooden on a few months ago. Uh, shameless plug. If you guys haven't checked out that episode, go back and listen. Check it out on YouTube. Um, Nothing's we, changed in the NBA since that interview. Yeah, so exactly. It's all it's, still it's, accurate. It's evergreen right now. Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, man, we'll talk more about that next week. But it's going to be re- really interesting to see kind of how all that plays out. Um, and, and also, Jonathan, I just want to jump in here. I, I just got a notification on my phone um, that says that I don't know if you saw this. Maybe I'm late to this, but um, Hoops Hype reported that uh, for a quote from Gobert that says the taste has returned, but the smell is still not 100 percent. I can smell the smells, but not from afar. I spoke to specialists who told me that it could take up to a year to regain this. So these are some lasting effects three months after Gobert's, uh, you know, tested positive for COVID. He's still kind of struggling. And so we're uh, talking like two and a half months probably since he's been like over it. Right. And he's still experiencing, you know, smells. Um, but he said that like smell is an issue with smelling, but he said it's just not a hundred percent that he can smell things, but just not from afar. So, you yeah. know, he probably wouldn't be able to step into a house that there's chocolate chip cookies, you know, cooking, baking and, and smell those, which, you know, that is unfortunate. I feel for him. I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, oatmeal raisin is good too, but yeah, That's you want disgusting. the chocolate chip Don't cookie. even talk about oatmeal raisin. Okay. Well, this is Luke and I have our own personal issues. We're not going to get into this on the podcast. You know right what, now, Jonathan? But. I'm I'm just happy that I have, you know, my wife fully is on board with my opinion. Yours is on a board with yours. What um, What is marriage for? Exactly. What's That's, marriage if for? Nothing if else. it's not to have the same opinion on chocolate chips and oatmeal raisins. You have obscure opinions on things. If your spouse is down a ride with you, yep. you don't need anything else. Right. For so. better or for worse, you know. Exactly. Sickness and health, chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin. So that's precisely. But I want I wanted to take a moment, um, pulled up some injury reports here on uh, the Orlando Magic opponents and just kind of I don't know if you've had a chance to go through these yet, Luke, but just want to kind of read through mm-hmm. this and, and see if uh, any of your um, you know opinions change on you know how those teams are going to perform or the Magic's chances against them. So looking at Brooklyn, uh, Wilson Chandler, I actually didn't know this, but he has uh, decided not to uh, participate in Orlando. He's going to stay back with his family uh, during the bubble, which is completely understandable. Um, Nicholas Claxton, uh, shoulder injury, he's out for the season. We know Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, respectively with shoulder and Achilles injuries are out for the season. Um, Joe Harris and Garrett Temple um, as of June 4th had some type of ankle injuries. Now that might be talking about, you know, back, uh, you know, during the regular season. I don't know um, if they've hurt their ankles recently, but right now it says game time decision. Uh, so I would expect to see Joe Harris and, uh, and Garrett Temple for the Nets looking at Sacramento um, Jabari Parker, Alex Len, and Buddy Heald, they all tested positive for coronavirus uh, a few weeks back. Uh, Justin James, he has a kneecap injury. He's expected to be out until at least July 31st. Marvin Bagley is expected to be out until at least July 31st. Um, still with that, that foot issue that he's had uh, for, for quite a while now. So that actually, I feel a little bit worse um, about Sacramento. Um, I thought Bagley would be healthy by now, but apparently not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things looking at this injury report. You know, it's I don't think it's uncommon for even people who consider themselves NBA experts to forget who was injured when right. the season ended. I mean, Evan and, Fournier was out with the uh, with the UCL sprain of his elbow. I've got to think that's fine by now. But you know, we went on that four game winning streak where the offense was going through the roof and everybody was you know blaming Evan Fournier. It's true. That did happen. And you know, you look at some of these other teams. Um, not necessarily a magic opponent, but you know the Pelicans. You know JJ Redick um, is is expected to be out until at least July 31st. I fully expect him to be um, 
to be playing. Um, he had a hamstring injury, but he should be all right. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker um, had a wrist injury, game-time decision. Um, as we know, Darius Miller out for the year. But I wanted to kind of highlight something that I was just kind of, you know, I don't know about you, Jonathan, but my search history is full of basketball stats and, you know, oh, J.J. Yeah. Redick stats, whatever. That's all I um, do. Specifically basketball reference, yeah. Um, but I looked at, you know, J.J. Redick and looking at, you know, what would it look like if J.J. missed a game or two. Um, obviously, you know, this year he's averaging about 15 a game but and, and, and shooting 90% from free throw. But what's funny is he shoots 45.2% from three and shoots 45% from the field. So J.J. Redick has a better three-point percentage than field goal percentage. That's just a fun little fun fact for you. I mean, if if I would expect that from anyone, I think it would be J.J. Redick, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, it's it's very, very true. And as we talked about last week, J.J. Redick on the Bill Simmons podcast was um, pretty insightful um, and, and kind of talking about how he feels better than he has before. So that kind of tells me he's – I doubt he misses any games. He'll be no, fine. I, he'll, I he'll, completely he's been working that. out. He's He's back. Yeah. And then looking at Indiana, as a lot of people know, Malcolm Brogdon – he was recently diagnosed with coronavirus, so he is now listed as a as a game time decision. I would think a month from now, um, hopefully, you know he'll be he'll be good to go and ready to go. Victor Oladipo, who ruptured his you know quad uh, last uh, January, I think it was, he's listed as a game time decision. He was kind of just starting to ramp it back up before coronavirus came in and canceled the season. So I know they're going to be really you know careful with him. He's obviously their best player and, and the future of that team. And then Jeremy Lamb, who tore his ACL, he's out for the rest of the season also. Um, looking at Orlando, um, it's really just Jonathan Isaac and Al Farouk Aminu. On the injury report here as of June 9th, they are expected to be out until at least December, 30, uh, December 1st, excuse me, which is kind of the fluid starting point for next season right now so that's kind of all signs pointing to the fact that those guys probably won't be back um during this season which really sucks yep but you know you know it's you know obviously we're we're quite a few months away from next season but it, it still gives magic fans something to be excited about that that ji would be back for the start of next season um and and you know, get to see what that young core continues to improve and look like. It'll, it'll be good experience to be in put in such a weird position for guys like Markel Fultz this year, um, you know, to end the year. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how teams respond um, and, and see kind of it, it'll feel like it's a pickup game almost. We've seen so much footage of indoor pickup games for NBA players during the offseason. That's what, you know, NBA players have equated this to. They said it's, it's, it's going to feel like just intense pickup games. Um, and obviously with your guys that you play 82 games with every year um, plus playoffs. So it'll, it'll be a fun, a fun eight games to resume the regular season. Um, and I'm sure the NBA playoffs will not disappoint despite the you know, scenario and situation being so weird. Well, you brought up Markel Fultz and, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, being an optimist and everything like that. So really what I'm hoping and praying is that during this entire time, you know, Markel Fultz had some more time to hopefully rehab and, you know, heal, you know, that shoulder. I'm hoping that uh, Markel Fultz is just going to come back completely healed, uh, shooting about 37% from the three-point line, and uh, we're going to have a, a future uh, perennial all-star um, and possibly, like, you know, second, third-team all-NBA on our hands uh, with uh, with Markel Fultz. So. Well, 
that's, that's just me being optimistic. That, we'll see. That would be nice. And and Jonathan, something I'd like to backtrack and look at is, um, you know, looking at our projected standings. Um, roughly the Nets would be one and a half to two and a half games back, depending on whose projection you look at between your yours and mine. Um, and and the Nets being two and a half games back, you know that there is a scenario, Jonathan, where the Nets and the Magic have you know even more closely similar records, and you're looking at a half game, one game differential. Um, do you think there's any you know? Do you think that there's it's a greater chance that the Magic just are you know two and a half games up on the Nets to end the year we're fine sitting pretty at the seven spot or do you think that you know come that final stretch especially if we do have that four game skid um and and the Nets kind of have that schedule where it's just um you know they got the Kings sandwich between the Celtics and Clippers some a game there the Blazers to end the year we could be sweating at the end of this the, the regular season Jonathan well, I definitely think, um, as, you know, as far as, you know, the, the Magic are, are concerned, um, I definitely think that it's going to come down to uh, that, that, that second game against Brooklyn. Um, what is yeah. that going to be? August 11th. I think, if the Mag- I think the Magic are going to be put in a position where if they win that game, they're the seventh seed. If, even if they lose to the Pelicans, um, it, it wouldn't matter, basically. I think the Magic are going to put themselves in a position to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, we're those last three games. We're we're definitely going to be sweating to see what happens, um, especially if we don't win those first two games. Like if we drop one of those games against Brooklyn or or Sacramento, um, I really think this is going to be like <laughs> it's going to be down to the wire. You know, mm-hmm. just like last year when we had to beat Boston. If we hadn't beat Boston, we were going to have to go into Charlotte and 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 beat Charlotte. Um, something pretty similar to that. The thing that really sucks though. Um, you know that I mentioned off air is that we could beat Brooklyn both times, have yeah. both teams finish four and four, and the Magic would still end up as the A seed at that point. So, which that's that is not ideal. Not at I do all. not. Let me tell you, Jonathan. I would rather go up against Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam than I would Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't want you to play the Greek freak. I no. don't. Don't. I don't want any part of it. I, I'm not scared to admit it. I want no part of that. We've been saying it for weeks. Anybody but Milwaukee. So yep. Magic just have to. They they just got to get it done. We saw handle them. your business. Beat the That's teams right. you should beat. And if you lose and drop some of those games in the middle, doesn't matter as long as you're just beating the teams you should beat. That would be the Nets, Kings, Pelicans, and that's it. You get the Nets twice. I mean, and and steal one from a good team, please. Let's go five and three. Obviously, you're looking for a team, you know, and as a team, you're going to be trying to win every single game. But if they if they just circle like five of these games and say Brooklyn, Sacramento, Indiana, we're going to take Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston off and then try to beat Brooklyn and New Orleans like that's ideal. Right. And and the good news, Jonathan, is that, you know, despite us project projecting four and four, um, those games, especially against the Pacers and Raptors, are very winnable. Um, I would even argue, you know, the Sixers game is winnable. Um, they're all winnable, in my opinion. They are all see, winnable. I don't see the Clippers. I don't see the Lakers. I don't see Milwaukee on this schedule. So I think we have a, a, a fighter's chance in any one of these games. Right. And then, you know, I'm just giving us an L to Boston because that's that's Cardiac Kemba. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see Cardiac Kemba in the playoffs. Obviously, if if we were talking about the Big East tournament, I'd be like, all right, Yes. 
You are are <laughs> correct, cardiac Kemba. But let's see him. Let's see him do it in the in the playoffs. So I'm sure he wants that shot to do that. Oh, 100. percent And don't get me wrong. I believe he can do it. But I want. I want to. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm a. I am a Kemba. I am a Kemba fan. So right. All right, I think, Luke, you and I talked about uh, next week we're going to take a look at the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference teams, look at some of those schedules and how that all can play out. Um, and then uh, the following week we'll talk about some Western Conference teams and, mm-hmm. and just kind of look what these playoff pictures are going to look like um, really over the next three, four weeks as we gear up to, to get into basketball. I cannot wait. Mm, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, man. You got anything else? think that's it that's it folks thank you guys so much for listening to the six man show once again we're going to keep this going every single monday uh you know from now throughout the rest of the season and into the off season and next season the season after that and just for uh, eternity and at the end of time until luke and i both die so mm-hmm. anyways i uh, didn't mean to get morbid to end the show <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening we will catch you guys next time see ya Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!